want to welcome those who are following us online in some way, shape, or form. God bless you and welcome. We've been teaching through the Sermon on the Mount, one of Jesus' first teachings. And we've been learning that Jesus was teaching about the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. Turn to your neighbor and say, kingdom of heaven. Ask your neighbor, is the kingdom of heaven in you? Now ask yourself, ask ourselves, is the kingdom of God in me? Jesus was bringing a teaching, and in Matthew chapter 5, turn with me there to the very beginning. It says this, now when he saw the crowds, he meaning Jesus, according to Matthew, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him. Jesus' disciples came to him while he sat down on the mountainside. And he began to teach them, saying, here in chapter 5, by way of review, we see that Jesus was teaching his disciples. Somebody say his disciples. Now, if you have received Jesus Christ, if you have received the kingdom of heaven, then you are his disciple. The Greek, the Greek word for disciple is mathetes. Mathetes. Mathetes means student or follower. So the students or followers of Jesus followed him to the mountainside where he sat down, and then he began to teach them. In other words, as we are reading this text right now, and if we, we have received Jesus, and we have received the kingdom of God, Jesus is teaching us right now. Can I hear an amen? Now turn back to Matthew chapter 7. We've been teaching through the whole discourse or teaching of Sermon on the Mount. Now the Sermon on the Mount is just a way of referring to this lesson or teaching that Jesus is giving to the people, to his disciples to the multitude that was there with him on the mountainside, and to us. He's not teaching about the Sermon on the Mount. You, do you hear what I just said? Let me, the west side, are we awake over here? Jesus is not teaching about the Sermon on the Mount. We refer to this teaching as the Sermon on the Mount, but Jesus is teaching about what? The kingdom. Somebody say the kingdom. We need to understand this. Over here on the east side, we need to understand that Jesus was teaching about the kingdom. It had never been taught about before. The kingdom of heaven had not been talked about, taught about, preached about, spoken about in the Old Testament. The Old Testament were the teachings to the Hebrews or the Jews Jesus being one of them. 
Yet the Jews, the Hebrews, the children of God, the chosen people of God, had never received a teaching on what? The kingdom of heaven. But Jesus, God himself, comes to earth and he begins to teach. He begins his ministry, his teaching ministry, teaching about the kingdom of heaven. This is his starting point. Amen? This is his starting point. Many of you students, you're starting a new year. This is your starting point for the beginning of the year. It's important that you build on the building blocks and the foundation that is being set before you. In other words, God wants you to progress and move up and wider and deeper in life. In our understanding of who God is and who God has called you to be. Matthew chapter 7, let's begin in verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. Pause there for a moment, verse 13. Jesus says, in his teaching of the kingdom of heaven, he speaks to us and now he is exhorting us. He says, enter through the kingdom, or excuse me, enter through the narrow gate. The narrow gate. Enter through the narrow entrance. How many of you know that finding a small entrance when you're driving to find a location that you've never been before is very difficult, right? Sometimes you're in your vehicle, you're moving fast, and you're like, oh man, I just missed that little narrow gate. So oftentimes, it's very helpful when somebody has already been to the location, because if you're with that person and they're giving you verbal instructions and you're paying attention and not lost in conversation. Can I hear an amen? Oh, shoot. We just missed the, the entrance or the exit, that, that narrow entrance, that narrow gate. But somebody could say, hey, so we're going to pass up. There's going to be a big tree. And right there after the tree, we're going to make a quick right. Siri on, 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 on the map. Sometimes she, she doesn't get there fast enough. But it's really helpful if somebody has already been there because then they can let you know, okay, slow down, slow down. You see that big, that big uh, sign? It's going to be about 50 feet after that. There we go. Okay, yeah, boom. And then you enter into that little small entrance because somebody who was with you who had already been there before or who gave you the instructions has helped you get to the narrow gate. So if Jesus has come to us from heaven, if Jesus was sent to us from the Father, if the Son of God was sent from Father God, then he is coming to us to give us the instructions, to give us the keys to getting into the kingdom. In other words, Jesus is coming. He's riding with us. It don't matter if you got the will 
or if Jesus is riding shotgun. It don't matter if Jesus is in the back seat. Just make sure that Jesus is in the car with you. Because sometimes Jesus may want you to be driving and you paying attention and listening to what he's saying. My boys are getting to that age where, where they're almost about to drive, at least my oldest. And so now I'm explaining to them freeways, directions, instructions, how to drive, how to change lanes, when to put on your blinker. I'm now rehearsing with them as we drive. You see, Judah, the way we're going right now, this is east. We're going, we're going that way. West is towards the beach. That's that way. North here in SoCal is towards the mountains. South is towards Tijuana. Orale. So watch this. It's helpful when we have someone who's already been there before. Jesus, who came from there, is teaching us how to get there. Jesus is teaching us how to receive it. Can I hear an amen? amen. Jesus is teaching us how to ask for the kingdom so that we receive it, how to seek the kingdom so that we find it, and Jesus is showing us how to knock on the door or the gate so that the door shall be open to us to the kingdom so that the gate can be open to us so that we can enter into the kingdom. But it, it may not be exactly what we all think. It may not just be Jesus is showing us how to get to the place where we're going to go when we die or when Jesus comes again. Jesus may also be talking about how to get to the kingdom of God right now. How to receive the kingdom of God and to learn how to live in the kingdom of God, how to receive Jesus, how to receive Father God so that we begin to live Father God, we begin to live out the life of Jesus so that we begin to live the kingdom life. Now, Jesus preached the message of repentance for the kingdom of God was here. The kingdom of God was at hand. So Jesus who already has been there in heaven, is teaching us how to receive it now. Let's continue. He says, for wide is the gate and broad. The word for broad is platea. Everybody say platea. Everybody say platea. Like plate or plateau. It's a big, wide, flat surface where lots of people can go. You could take a wide load. You ever, you ever see those, those, those mobile homes or those big, huge offices that are, being, that are being driven on those flatbed trucks? And it says on the backside, wide load. I heard somebody laugh, man. That must be an inside joke. But the platea is the wide road. Another word for the wide road in Greek is, it means Broadway. Everybody say Broadway. The Broadway comes from the Greek word for road, hodos. 
Hodos means road. In Spanish, camino. Street. Hodos can mean street. It can mean way. Can I hear an amen? Hodos means road or way. So the, the, the wide road or the broad way leads to destruction. In other words, when we're going through life and we have not yet received the kingdom of God or we flat out reject the kingdom of God, we're going through life, we've received Christ or we have not received Christ, watch this. If Jesus has given us his word, somebody say his word, and we choose to neglect his word, if Jesus has given us his word, which is the word from the Father, then what the Father is telling us is that the kingdom of heaven and everything that it is is all about obedience. It's about faith. It's about holiness. Can I hear an amen? So Jesus is teaching on these things. Verse 14, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. Can I hear an amen? And only a few find it. In other words, only a few bring their life into obedience with Christ. Only a few bring their lives into trust in the Father and in the kingdom way of life and actually live it out. It's quiet, which means we're thinking. It's quiet, which means the Holy Spirit is ministering to us right now. Heaven is right now. Kingdom is right now. I'm not saying that kingdom is not just some place that we go when we die. Heaven is also right now. And it will be here established in its fullness even in our lives when we pass on or when Jesus comes again. That's just biblical. Amen? So the kingdom of heaven is now. And only a few find it. Let's continue. Verse 15. Watch for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly, they are ferocious wolves. Pause there for a moment. Jesus says, watch for false prophets. Pseudo prophetes. Pseudo meaning fake. Pseudo meaning false. Prophetes meaning prophet. A false prophet. Watch out for false prophets. Watch out for false prophecy. Let's continue. Watch. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Like every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. 
every tree that comes that, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Now, from my understanding of Scripture, Jesus is teaching his disciples. It says that they followed him to the mountaintop. He sat down, and then he began to teach. He began to teach who? His disciples about the kingdom of God. In other words, he's teaching them how they might receive, inherit, or live out the kingdom of God. When Jesus is speaking here in verses 15 through 20, do you think that Jesus is only giving us a word of warning, a prophetic word, to just look out for the wolves? Do you think that he's only here speaking in such a way where he's trying to protect us from what others say and what others do and, and look out for the wolves and look out for false prophets? Do you think that that's the only significance or the meaning of what we are reading here in Jesus' teaching? Or could it be that Jesus is speaking directly to us about what a false prophet is, who a false prophet is, and what a false prophet does. It's not teaching about just some pastor, some preacher, some teacher, some prophet, some apostle, some bishop, someone who is teaching the word of God. When he is speaking about a false prophet right here, did you know that, by the way, all of us can prophesy? Did you know that? Did you know that, church? We, we, we can all prophesy. Prophesy means that we speak. When you prophesy, it means that you are speaking one thing or another. So in other words, you can prophesy over somebody's life and say, God loves you. God, is, God has called you to great things. God is going to use you. God is going to turn your situation around. You just prophesied over somebody's life. So in other words... A prophet is one who speaks. Anybody who speaks is a prophet. It's one who professes. Thank you, pastor. It's one who professes, one who claims. If I claim Jesus, if I claim to be a disciple of Jesus, if I have put my faith in Jesus, if I have professed my faith, my commitment, my life in Christ, then guess what? In the same way, Jesus is teaching us about how we are to live our lives. He's saying to you and he's saying to me, he's not talking about the people in the world. He's not even talking about a, pro a Pharisee or a false teacher out there or a false prophet out there. Jesus is teaching us about not becoming false prophets in our own lives. Jesus is teaching you and I of what false prophecy is, what it looks like, and he's saying, should you desire to receive everything in the kingdom of God, it starts with you and it starts with me. Because if, if you're teaching somebody something, you're not just teaching them for the sake of looking out for those bad guys over there. 
Oh, look out for those bad, them, them, those bad ladies over there. Is that going to help you in the kingdom of God, people of God? No. If you got Christ, if you got the kingdom in you, you got nothing to worry about. You got nothing to be afraid of. You got nothing to, 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 to be anxious about. Not even someone's health, not even someone's situation, although we are people, although we have emotions, although we have lots of things tied to this earth, God really gave us the kingdom of God to deliver us from everything here on this earth. That's why he gave us heaven. So God is teaching us about how to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. And he is saying false prophecy is not one of the characteristics of the kingdom of God. A pseudo prophetase. A false prophet. A false prophet is one who speaks contrary to how they live. It's what is talked about here in Hebrews 7, what we, what we taught on last week. We're just building. We're adding more bricks to this teaching of the Sermon on the Mount specifically about the kingdom of heaven. So if we're building building blocks, if we're adding them up and building this thing up, it's because God is teaching us how to build our house. Earlier in chapter 7, he talked about this word called Hippocrates. We learned about that word Hippocrates, which means of or about or by means of judging or condemning or criticizing. Critase or criticos, which means to be critical or to judge someone or to condemn someone. Well, Jesus says the kingdom of God is going to deliver us from that way of life. Can I hear an amen? So we've been teaching, God's teaching us how to be delivered from the way of the world, how to be delivered from the things that you and I have been holding on to and that have been a part of our very own lives, which have been not allowing us to inherit all of the kingdom and everything that Jesus has to give us. Can I hear an amen? So he says this, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, they are ferocious wolves. So this is what he's saying. Some of us, we're really nice on the outside. Some of us, we really look kind. Some of us really know how to talk. Some of us really know how to flatter others. Some of us Jesus is teaching us about the kingdom. Some of, somebody say some of us. Somebody say I. Somebody say we. Jesus wants to deliver us. He wants to deliver me. He wants to teach you how to bring our lives into obedience, into wholeness, into perfection under the blood of Jesus through the kingdom of God. And it's teaching. They come to you in sheep's clothing. So what he is saying, if you're a coach, if you're a teacher, if you're a parent, 
If, if you have ever taught anybody something, sometimes you teach somebody something by referring to someone else. If you're a coach and you're, and you're trying to co- teach the whole team or, or you're trying to coach everybody from getting from point A to point B, did you know that that's what a coach is? A coach brings somebody from point A like a stagecoach. Everybody gets on the vehicle and the coach takes them from point A to point B. Did you know that that's what a coach is? So sometimes a coach, he's talking to his whole team or she's talking to her whole team and she's speaking over here about a situation, but really it may be to help the person on the other side. That's what a coach does, amen? Jesus was speaking about false prophets and what to be careful for out there. But he's really teaching us. He's really teaching us. He's really trying to get us to understand what it means to be a false prophet so that we are not the false prophet. He says, by their fruit you will recognize them. Do you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Like every good tree bears good fruit. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Watch this, you guys. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Watch this, you guys. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Watch this, you guys. Jesus taught us earlier in chapter 7 not to judge. Is that right or wrong? Did he teach us not to judge? He says, for the same measure of judgment that you act towards one another, you will also be judged. Didn't he say that? Didn't he say, don't try and take the splinter out of your neighbor's eye when you got a big telephone pole or a beam sticking out of your very own? So then right here in this passage, when he's talking about a good tree and a bad tree. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here's a good tree. Here's a bad tree. The good tree was not born or inherently good. This good tree can become bad. Just as this bad tree is not inherently bad. For we are all children of God. And sons of God. Therefore, if the bad tree, who is currently producing bad fruit, unable to produce good fruit, but Jesus' whole message is about repentance, for the kingdom of God is at hand, then what Jesus is saying is this. This bad tree can be converted. This bad tree can become a good tree. And that is not contradictory to what he just taught. All he said was, a good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. So what Jesus is saying is this. He is calling us to be good trees. 
He's calling us to receive the kingdom of God and by way of obedience and trust and by way of following and by way of walking with Jesus down the road to the narrow gate to inherit life, he's saying if we are currently a bad tree, then we can choose Christ to become a good tree. And in so doing, becoming a process of a good tree, all of a sudden now the, the good tree starts to produce good fruit. So what Jesus is saying is a message of hope. It's a message of life. It's a message of salvation. It's a message of capturing. It's a message of accepting. It's a message of stepping in and walking with the master down the road of the master. Can I hear an amen? If there was anybody there that did not understand the message of the kingdom... But after hearing Jesus' message, chose to receive, chose to accept, chose to follow, they became a what? A what? A what? A good tree. So if you're a good tree, and if we're all good trees, because we've received Christ and we receive the kingdom of God, then we're going to produce what? We're going to produce good fruit. And that is the teaching here. Again, Jesus was not teaching people who had not yet already come to follow him to listen to what he was saying. The Bible says that Jesus was teaching as one with authority. Jesus was teaching as the son of God. Jesus knew something that we did not know. Jesus, was, Jesus knew something that they, the disciples even, did not know. Can I hear an amen? Hallelujah. If Jesus was talking about judging good trees and bad trees, if Jesus was talking about, oh, you know what? They're a bad tree. Guess what? You just started to disobey and misunderstood his teaching about not judging others. We just missed the whole thing, Pastor Bev. We're missing the whole thing. There's a reason why Jesus spent so much time and taught so, so in depth and so much on the kingdom of heaven. So that we could see here. Look, if there is anybody, he says, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Watch this. Judgment rests solely in the hand of God. Can we all agree on that? That condemnation is solely in the hands of God, in Father God. Jesus will judge. Jesus will separate the wheat from the chaff. Jesus will separate the sheep from the goats. Jesus will be the one to judge between a, a, a sheep that is, that is actually a wolf. What he is teaching us here is this. Be a sheep. Be a child of God. Not just on the outside, but on the inside. Follow Christ. Choose the kingdom. And you shall be, we shall be a good tree that produces what? Good fruit. 
It seems to me that Jesus' teaching of the kingdom of God has a whole lot to do with what goes on on the inside of a person and not so much the outside. It seems to me that when Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 was talking about the eye of the body, he was talking about what is going on on the inside. He says if the eye of the body is dark, Everything on the inside shall be dark. But if the, if the eye is full of light, what did Jesus say? Then the inside, the body, will be what? Full of light. It seems to me that Jesus is trying to teach us how to be transformed radically from the inside out. I believe Jesus is trying to teach us how to be delivered from a way of legalism. I believe Jesus is teaching us how to be delivered from a way of religiosity. I believe Jesus is teaching us how to be delivered from a, the traditions of man, from the traditions of, of the Pharisees. And I believe the understanding of the Pharisees can be such that it's only teaching and living and, and faithing according to their own understanding, but not according to the understanding of God. Jesus turned the, the whole paradigm upside down. Boca abajo. Upside down. On its head. Jesus turned everything upside down because he wanted us to understand what kingdom life was really about. What it really meant. What it really means. Praise the Lord. Let's continue. Verse 21. This is heavy right here. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So let me ask you again. When Jesus says, many will say, on that day, the day of the Lord, let me ask you again. When Jesus says, not everyone who says to me. When Jesus says, many will say to me on that day. Is Jesus talking about people in the world? Why would he care? Why would you care about what happens with somebody else when their judgment is not even your business? Why would you care? Why would I care about, besides having a heart for the lost and for those who don't know what you now know, 
But why is it our business to think about or to be wondering or to be preoccupied about who's going to heaven or hell or, or who's, who's righteous and who's not or, or, or who's good and who's bad? Why would, why would you even care about it when, when we have to start figuring out for ourselves what kingdom living is and, and really means for us? So what Jesus is saying here is this. Even if you say to me, Lord, Lord, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not, any, not every one of you who says, Lord, Lord. In other words, again, the focus is removed from other people to who? To, to who? Jesus is speaking and teaching to his disciples. I don't know how many conversations I've had with people. And when it is said, hey, not everybody who says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. How many times have you ever had or heard a conversation or you said it or I said it myself and we were thinking about somebody else? How many times have we ever used scripture by way of judging somebody else, thinking that what we were saying was right, thinking that what we were saying put us in some kind of position of knowing, when in actuality, we just condemned ourselves. Every time we have ever said this or referring to somebody else, we just judged ourselves and we became a bad tree. We were producing bad fruit. In other words, the people who were eating from the tree of my life were eating from... That's the Holy Spirit. For those of you who don't know what just happened, the water bottle just fell on itself, probably because the plank right here popped it up, but also because of what the Holy Spirit is wanting for us to receive and to accept and for us to understand so that we become delivered from the way that we have been. We have been Pharisees. We have been the religious right. We have been the people who think that they are right, but we have been all wrong. Maybe not all wrong, but you understand what I'm saying. God is teaching us if we open our mind, if we open our heart, if we open our lives, if we open our eyes to perceive, somebody say to perceive, to receive you guys. Look, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So there's the key. There's the key. If you are studying the word of God and you are trying to understand this teaching of Jesus, and you want to inherit the kingdom of God. How many of us want the, the kingdom of God? How many of us want to live out the kingdom of God? And we know that that, is, that can only happen by us receiving Christ, but also transforming and radically submitting our heart and our mind and the way we think and the way we live unto him. Thanks, brother. 
Watch this. But only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. He elaborates, and we need to understand what he means when he elaborates this point. Look what it says. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we preach and teach your name? Didn't we profess your name, prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? The people who are actually laying on hands, Jesus is saying, and miracles were happening. People who were preaching and teaching and declaring and professing and claiming to be Christians, Jesus is talking in third person. I'm not talking in third person right now, man. I'm getting as far away from that understanding as possible. Jesus is saying, then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. He's talking to us. If we have preached, if we have taught, if we have done miracles in Jesus' name, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have the kingdom of God. It may mean that God wants to do and work in, in and through us as a vessel or that person or whoever he is referring to, and God's still receiving the glory and miracles still happening and people still receiving Jesus, people still receiving the kingdom of God, even by what is being taught, even by be, what is being preached, even by we, what is being said, or even by what is being prophesied. Because guess what? Jesus' teaching is consistent, you guys. He says, those who have ears to hear, what? Let them hear. Those who have eyes to see, let them what? Those who are perceiving, he says, let them what? Perceive. In other words, if I am one of them that have preached, that have taught, that have healed in Jesus' name, and yet I am living a double life, and the inside of me truly is a wolf, but on the outside I look like a sheep, on that day when I cry out, Lord, Lord, Jesus is going to tell me, the preacher, the pastor, Away from me, I never knew you because your life did not reflect from the inside out the kingdom that I gave to you and that I taught and that I led you to. Your thoughts were the furthest thing from my heart and the heart of Father God, although some of your actions on the outside look like one who is saved. Look like a Christian. Look like a true prophet. Oh, man. This teaching ain't about others. This teaching is about us. not about just the good things and the deeds 
and the works that you do. Those are all good. Those are all great. It's not even all about that, man. It's about what God is doing in our hearts. What Jesus was saying. It's impossible for us to be perfect. It's impossible for us to ever be righteous on our own. It's impossible for us to ever be that that good person or that righteous person that Jesus talks about or is referring to. But by Jesus and by his blood and by humility and by ourselves kneeling at the foot of the cross and by us receiving the kingdom of God and by us receiving the teachings of Christ and through obedience and through a heart that is circumcised, can we only receive the kingdom of God and inherit eternal life? Oh, man. It's not about religion. It's not about how spiritual we can be. Oh, man. It's about what God is doing in here. Everything else, guess what? will still happen. More miracles will take place. We'll continue to preach. We will continue to teach. But now our teaching and our preaching and the, 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 the miracles that will follow will be in alignment with, with what is in our heart. Now it'll be in alignment. It will be full of integrity. And we'll be closing the circle more and more, trusting in Jesus following after him, the way of the master. Can I hear an amen, church? Hallelujah. And that's what it means. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. When Jesus says, In verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So the question for us today is this. What is the will of the Father? What is the will of the Father? If it isn't to live out according to that narrow gate, that narrow passage, choosing life, choosing to do the will of God, which is the word of God, living out the word of God by forgiving one another 70 times, seven times. What is the will of God if it isn't? If someone strikes you on one cheek, offer them the other, as Jesus said. What is the will of God if it isn't to care for the poor, to feed the hungry, to comfort those who mourn, to encourage those who are poor in spirit. 
What is the will of God? If it isn't to humble ourselves and allow the Lord to change us from the inside out. From the inside out. Jesus said, not one stroke of the pen, not one iota, not one thing will be removed from the law of God. Not one. Not one thing. Our, re our reliance, our complete trust, our complete faith is met in obedience to our Lord. How we treat one another. Just go to the Word. People of God, God's calling us to His Word. God's calling us to a kingdom life. God's calling you to take the kingdom with you wherever you go. God's calling us to stop, close our mouth before we respond. God's calling us to love your neighbor as yourself. For all of these things, Jesus said, are summed up in the law of God and in the prophets and what they spoke. Church, I'm going to ask you to stand right now.